Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat. Hello and welcome to the A Show here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It's ASSR Central, back after a week's hiatus where we gave the spotlight to East Meets West and our feature show on Bray Wyatt because our shadow is just too big. I'm Ross McLeod, joined by... For the first time in over a year, it's just him and me doing this. It's John Isherwood. John, how are you? I'm all right, mate. What are you saying? It's a year since just me and you did this. It's like our anniversary. It is our anniversary. The last show you and I just did together was recorded on the 27th of October, 2022. Wow. We are One recording The paper 25th. anniversary. So, the um, paper anniversary. What did, what did you get me? I got you pay-per-view reviews of a plenty here. Let's oh! get right into it. There we go. <laughs> I'll set up you, knock them down, yeah? <laughs> but before we jump right into that, just remember we have a massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews, all the news. You can find our feature show on Bray Wyatt, which came out last week. I look back on possibly one of the most gifted uh, performers of recent years. You can find that on all good Android podcasting sites, iTunes and Spotify, just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it, at Suplex Retweet. We're back after a hiatus. Someone else that's back is TNA, John. TNA. <laughs> it feels like it never really went away. Um, nah. A lot of people still call it TNA. I still call it TNA on this bloody show and I watch Impact Weekly. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of the Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory pay-per-view this past Saturday, airing from Chicago, there was a weird, almost Power Ranger-esque video where they found a box in the lake. I thought, no, Rita's going to be released. Um, but no, they opened it, lights up into the sky, some old school TNA footage, and it said TNA returning January 13th, hard to kill. It then cut back to the, the live audience and it was Scott Demore and he simply just said, we're back. And it cut to black. TNA making its return. What are your thoughts on this, John? Um, is it not before time? Do you think there's still some lol TNA on that name? Or do you think the work Impact Wrestling have been doing is sort of taking that stink off it? Uh, no, I think like TNA, it, it was you know synonymous with that 
product anyway. So, you know, that chant, those three letters were going to be part of it, whatever they called it. So if, even if it was just Impact Wrestling going forward, I mean, you'd still hear those chants of TNA, TNA, TNA. It's like ECW still hanging around, isn't it? You know, you've still got those three letters ringing about. Um, I don't think Impact's out, you know, sort of outlasted its welcome or anything like that. But bringing back that name and kind of just resetting when they're on actually, a, I feel, the crest of a wave, really. They're doing some really good stuff. Maybe getting that is going to bring back some of those lapsed fans, if there's any knocking around still, that maybe weren't sort of massively keen on the direction at the moment. The TNA, TNA um, name and, and, and acronym will bring them back in. And I think just from a marketing perspective, it's still well known. So I think it's actually quite a good thing. I remember reading something with Jeff Jarrett a couple of days ago, and he said they told Anthem that, there was no value in, in the Impact name. You should have kept TNA. And I guess he was kind of right in the end, really. Um, I think Impact's done some great stuff. They've been doing great pay-per-views. But bringing the name back, I think it gives good recognition. It's good for fans. Let's see what they do with it. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's, um, it's, one of, it's weird you mentioned Jeff Jarrett there, considering he changed the Name to Global Force. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he obviously like learned from his own mistake, didn't he? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um it's it's been many a many a name. It's been TNA, it's been NWA presents TNA, it's been TNA presents Impact, it's been Global Force Wrestling, it's been Impact Wrestling, and it just it seemed that whole time, as you mentioned, those three letters, TNA never went away. I remember telling people, um, when I was going to AEW in London, I was saying, oh, I'm going to wrestling. Oh, is it WWE? No, it's, it's a different promotion. Oh, is it that TNA? Because it's it's still, as you mentioned, quite well known. And, you know, it did, you know, wrestling fans know the damage that Hogan and Bischoff did <laughs> to yeah. TNA. But it did grab, you know, casual fans that, you know, oh, I see such and such is in TNA now. Is, is he gone there now? And, like, that was a casual fan reaction. And, as you said, the crest of a wave, some really good stuff, a really good pay-per-view they had uh, this past Saturday in Chicago. And, yeah, it just it seems like the right time. Uh, apparently, um, this was something they discussed, They something they had also... Um, looked at doing back at Slammiversary in July. They decided against it. They decided to wait. That in this era of Dave Meltzer's and Sean Ross Saps and hey, you know, let's face it, we're doing that in a much smaller scale. <laughs> um, it's weird that this stayed a secret. It, yeah. no one slipped up. Yeah, which is good. You know, I think it's, it's great. It was a genuine surprise, and you don't really get that anymore. Like you said, with you know all the the reporters who put out all the stuff on the, you know, the, the the Patreon sheets and stuff like that. And much respect to, you know, the likes of Sean Rossap and, and, and Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, who, you know, obviously graft very hard and, and work those contacts that they've got to get that information. But it's great that it stayed a secret. And it was like being back in the day, you know, and you didn't know about these things. And, and that was a genuine surprise for me when I woke up on the Sunday morning to see that. You know, on Monday, whatever yeah. day it was, I've all the days meld together now. <laughs> you know? And uh, I woke up and I saw that. I was like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. And I watched the video. I was like, it's random, but I love it. I'm here for it. Because I, I really didn't know where the video was going. It, it, 
it was a bit weird. And then I remember, obviously, um, Slammiversary, because there was a, a bit of TNA nostalgia around about Slammiversary mm. 2020. And this started a really good run, you know, the Forbidden Door stuff with uh, with uh, AEW, bringing in folk from AAA and New Japan, willing to work with people, Mickey James going to do the Rumble. Um, you know, so much fun stuff that Impact did to get their name out there. And there was a lot of TNA nostalgia around about 2020. And I remember that Slammiversary ended with EC3 appearing on like this sort of promo thing. Emergence a couple of weeks ago ended with a, a thing for Will Ospreay. And it was it was one of those ones I thought, who, who, who can this be? Like, who are they keeping in a box? Like, you know, sort of, as I mentioned, we are a pulse Yeah, style. was it, was it going to be a talent reveal? And, and they didn't uh, seem to be that way. No, but... It, an absolutely great reveal, and apparently the new titles, the TNA titles, are ready to go. Um, I'm hoping Amazing. they just go back to the old designs because I, I like the old designs. If we're going to go nostalgia, let's do nostalgia. Let's have, let's have the old titles. And it's a bit ironic because I hated see the silver and red mm. Impact World title. I hated it. I thought it was too small. I thought it looked mid-card, and yet they've made it bigger recently, they've made it gold, I'm starting to like it, and then all of a sudden, by the way, no doubts, no doubts. We're taking that away. <laughs> it, it's cool, though. It's cool, though, doing this. And, and, I mean, at first, like, when this was all over social, I was looking at it and going, like, wait a minute, is this... Are they just branding this pay-per-view TNA or what? Because uh, they've obviously got a history of doing random things like that. And then you realise, oh, no, they're actually going back to TNA and and they're going to make some changes. And I think that that's one of those moments where fans can stand up and go, hang on, right, this brand that, uh, you know, I've watched for so long and obviously it was something you had to get invested in at the start because it was when it started, just pay-per-view, wasn't it? That's the, the, the model they went with. And now the, the, this whole new array of talent is there that's going to be starting on this new journey. And I, I kind of like this soft reset in a sense it's not a hard reset. It's a soft reset because you're just bringing back something that was already there. And yeah. I, I like it. It's a nice new era, especially like, you know, with those fans who maybe just drifted away to, you know, maybe just drifted away to see something that they really wanted to look at. Maybe they drifted a bit towards NWA. Maybe they drifted a bit towards AEW. You know, I'd, I'd say that, you know, anybody who watches Impact probably watches WWE as well. I think that's a, yeah. a fair assessment. So they're going to get those hardcore loyal people just coming back. I think, you know, everyone loves that nostalgia kick, you know. I mean, look, if they if if they brought the old Survivor Series logo back next week, get me a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? cool. Like, they, they've got merchandise, they've got everything they need, and they can reset and just go, right, well, look, look this is us now. We are TNA. We can go forward. I, I just in a way, wish that they had a bigger investor because they, I think, could really trouble AEW at the minute. So the... I, I can't remember the guy's exact name, but there was someone who came in an impact and apparently he really wanted to be aggressive uh, with going after new talent. Is um, it Vince McMahon? Ruthless aggression? Wasn't, wasn't Vince McMahon, no, I'm afraid not. Um... But also the, the press release of TNA said they're going to start trying to do bigger arenas and bigger stadiums because they have had that small sort of 
retro indie feel about them. Like bingo and, Hall vibes. Yeah, and something that's been really cool. And, you know, it, I'd rather see a thousand seater arena full to the rafters than see a 10,000 seater stadium have 2,000 people in it. You know what I mean? It, yes. It, it, it adds to the aesthetic, it, it adds to the. Um, it adds to the the production, but let's talk about uh, Bound for Glory itself and talk about some new stories coming out of Bound for Glory as well. So it was a seven match card: uh, MK Ultra and Diana Perazzo versus and Tash versus Diana Perazzo and Tasha Steele. <laughs> for me to say that's match one was bumped uh, to Impact Online. You can watch it for free on Impact's YouTube channel. Uh, on the seven match card, Chris Sabin defeats Kenta. Uh, to retain his Impact X Division Championship. PCO wins Monsters Ball against Moose Rhino and C. Macklin. Uh, ABC, Chris Bay and Ace Austin uh, from the Bullet Club defeating the Rascals, Zachary Wentz and Trey Miguel to win the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Will Ospreay defeating Mike Bailey in an absolutely sensational match. Jordan Gray winning the 20-person uh, Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal, last eliminating Billy Ray. Trinity retaining the Impact Knockout World title, defeating Mickey James via submission. And Alex Shelley defeated Josh Alexander via pinfall to retain the Impact World Championship. So, only one new champion. We now know why, because they are doing this, this sort of soft rebrand. Um... Let's talk about Monsters Ball, PCO defeating Moose, Rhino and Steve Macklin. And the news coming out that the first signing of the TNA era is PCO signing a new long-term deal to remain with TNA. Great. He's in the right place. Um, you know, he's he, he's a standout there. He's been a standout talent on, on that scale for a long time, I think. He's in, you know, like I said, in the right place. He looks like a star there. You can move him up into the upper card whenever you like. You can stick him in the mid card whenever you like, and it's not going to be a problem. He can work with anyone, I think, because uh, he's just that experienced. He can look after newer people. He can work with the vets as well, as you saw with the likes of Rhino and, and, and Moose in that match. Um, and, you know, he can make Macklin look good as well. And he's it, it, a good place to be. And I think they've, they've made a solid sign in there, you know, without kind of like having a, you know, having to bring in a, super duper duper star you know to attempt to you know and paying them over the odds to just be at the top of the card i think they've, they've, they've started well just getting someone like him to stay in in the organization yeah no absolutely i agree with you um typical monster ball it was brutal it mad was brutal. <laughs> um moose was clearly wearing pajama bottoms i don't care what anyone says they were clearly pajama bottoms i uh, getting tights mate yeah well i mean fair enough fair enough the, the wrestling um, gear is expensive bro you know it's, it's don't it don't cost uh don't cost pennies get yourself some pajamas it's fine i am a bit worried about steve macklin at the moment steve macklin at the start of the year it was almost like we were just saying hurry up and get him into the world title picture and from April to October, he's just fallen so far. A small injury in between, uh, which caused him to miss Slammiversary, but he's just so far out of the world title picture at the minute. It's, yeah. it's not even funny. Difficult, isn't it? When, you know, you've, you've risen to the top and then all of a sudden little things happen and then bang, you know, you're not getting back in that picture anymore. Yeah. And, and that's hard. It's going to be a hard climb back for him, especially with the, all the work that went into it. And we've seen it happen before elsewhere with other people. Yeah. Some some succeed, some don't. And I think it's just down to Macklin now to to keep going and doing what he does and and getting himself, you know, in the picture if he can 
prove to the uh, you know the, the the booking team that he is the man. If you can look at you know Tommy Dreamer and whatnot and say, look, yeah, you know, I can still go, I can still do this. What can we do? What can you put me against to get me back in it? Then, then great. Uh, it is, you know, his career's in his hands now, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's certainly in a much better position than he was in WWE. Uh, oh, yeah. Quite fully, I've forgotten done there. But um, let's talk about possibly the match of the year. Um, oh, big call. Will, Os- Will Ospreay versus Mike Bailey. Every time you thought these guys were going 100 miles an hour, they picked it up a bit. They were going 300 miles an hour by the end of it. Will Ospreay is in such a good place right now. He is running things in Japan. He has had the run in AEW uh, going up against the likes of Kenny Omega uh, and Chris Jericho at Wembley. Um, and now part of Impact is going to be part of Turning Point in Newcastle this coming Friday as part of Impact's UK Tour. He just has the world at his feet at the minute. And news coming out that it's going to be between WWE and Impact to try sign him. I'm sure Tony Khan will throw his hat into the ring, but 100%. it looks like uh, he's going to be leaving Impact, uh, sorry, leaving New Japan at the uh, expiration of his contract at the early start of next year. I believe it's in February. Uh, tune in East meets West on this network. <laughs> They'll have more information than I will. Um, but I believe it's February post-Wrestle Kingdom that his uh, contract expires. And yeah, it looks like Impact want to bring him in full-time. Will Ospreay's been nothing but gushing about his praise and Impact. But according to Dave Meltzer, WWE want to make a big money move from the, uh, for him. And Will Ospreay's made it clear that he's willing to talk to WWE. Hear me out. So he does... He, he wraps up in New Japan. He can't do the Rumble, obviously, because that's before February. But he can't debut there. You bring him in. And you're probably just going to go no to at least part of this. Will Ospreay, Ricochet, Logan Paul. (laughs) I wouldn't hate it. I'm sure. I'm sure that there is purest. Sorry, you go. No, I'm just. I'm throwing other people in. Nathan Fraser, (laughs) Dragon Lee. You just want all the flippy guys. Give me a fatal five-way of that. <laughs> oh, my God. That will be insane. But, I mean, seriously, Will Ospreay and Ricochet, give me that if you're getting him in, in, in WWE. I assume mm-hmm. they'll bring him in and probably, if they're going to do... But saying if, if WWE get him, yeah, do they give him the Jake Cargill treatment? That's very true. Do they give him the sort of Shinsuke Nakamura treatment, mm. you know, he was plugged as, you know, this big sign from Japan. Um, WWE even did an article, actually. I uh, don't know if you remember. Around about the time they signed AJ Styles and Nakamura and yeah. the, uh, the Good Brothers, they did an article going, rumours swirling that WWE are interested, and that just let you know, no, yeah, WWE have signed all four of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I, I don't know. I, I think it... I think you kind of have to. Considering yeah. the run he's on at the minute where he is in New Japan, AEW and Impact, he is in your three competitors. The only place he is not is you. You make it a big deal that he's coming to you. And not only that, 
He's going to be exclusive to you because he's never been exclusive to New Japan. He's always did the indies. He's never been a full-time AEW talent and he's never been a full-time Impact talent. Um, so, yeah, you, you make it special. I think you do do the Jay Cargill treatment. I would love Will Ospreay against all those people. I think the match he's wangling for is Seth Rollins. And then mm. you, you maybe say, okay, well... Seth Rollins hold the world title to WrestleMania and take on Will Ospreay? No. Do, do no. you do that? Do you do that in the first match? Or do you have it as a showcase, much like the Cody versus Seth yeah. Rollins match didn't need a title? Do you have it as a showcase? Do you have Osprey show up before then? Do you do you make it known that it is Osprey? Or do you like how how do you work it? Because Apparently, um, you mentioned the Jade Cargill treatment. Jade Cargill, uh, apparently his, her writing is a priority and apparently they have to write multiple storylines for her because she will not be the last person to make the jump. Now, whether that means full-time AEW talents or talents currently involved in AEW yeah. remaining to be seen, but Will Ospreay going to WWE, I would love to see it, but see at the same time, I think if he goes to TNA, that's a big statement for it to intent for and he's top top star. Yeah, well, shoot him, shoot him to the top immediately. Yeah. And yeah, no disrespect to to Impact, obviously, but I think he does become, as you mentioned, shoot him right to the top. He does become the top star there mm. because of the year he's had. And if he's going to sign exclusively for you, then that's a big statement of intent. You're not sharing yeah. him with Noble Fan. You're not sharing him with AEW. This isn't a forbidden door. This is your guy. I think it, it could be interesting. I, I'd say Impact are a dark horse to get him. I, oh, I really totally. do. Totally. Because he has had the option to go to WWE since Paul Heyman was doing the uh, the UK tour with Inside the Ropes. Mm. I believe it was the Manchester show. It was an Evolve contract offered to Will, Will Osprey. And that was basically everyone saying, well, that's one more step towards WWE. Yeah. And he turned... He showed up in Evolve, but he didn't stay there full-time. He turned it yeah. down and went to New Japan, and obviously the rest is history. I'd but, say look where your ceiling is with that and and think, like, okay, what's going to happen? If he goes to WWE, they'll shoot him to the stars immediately. I think, yeah, obviously, Jay Cargill is going to be a very long-term thing. Will Ospreay, I think, he's so impactful, like, you know, obviously, because he's, like, he, he's very, like, like Ricochet, you know, he's, he's blow-your-mind kind of stuff. Um, you've got to think, right, okay, what am I going to do? Is everything going to be crash bang wall up inside six months? And then what am I doing? Whereas the impact, he's probably got 12 months of stuff in front of him. Whereas at WWE, he's got six months and then maybe they're like, oh, well, you know, you've got to go here for a bit. You need to wait for, for this to happen. And maybe he's not going to be that patient. Maybe, maybe I, I, I honestly don't know. I it's, think it, it's great to see it though, because the you know talent being in this position. No, no, absolutely. Happen. I think if Osprey if Osprey goes to Impact, I think it, it's a statement signing and mm -hmm. it, it's attempting to grow the brand to come in almost like ECW was. ECW was yeah. the smaller brand. It, it was didn't have the big money that AEW and WWE had. <laughs> didn't have any but, money. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes to if he goes to Impact, I think that's a statement signing, and like we are 
coming after because AEW isn't in the the best of places just now. Uh, certainly domestically, uh, you know, internationally, the Wembley was a great success. But who was part of that? It was Will Osprey. Um, and if he goes to WWE, I think it's a it's a long term deal. He's set for life. Yeah, he maybe goes back to Japan when that expires. But oh God, it's it's interesting to see. And as you mentioned, it's it's great to see talent in that sort of position. Someone who's called their shot, quite literally. As the winner of the Call Your Shot Battle Royal, uh, Jordan Grace, she has announced that she will, and I, I thought this was weird at the time, but now that we know it, no, it makes sense. At TNA's first pay-per-view uh, since the Bound for Glory in 2015, Jordan Grace has called her shot. She's challenging whoever's the Knockouts champion on January 13th. At this minute, it's Trinity. Um, and she will challenge them for the Impact's Knockout World Championship. Um so glad. I honestly, I think round about the last seven, I think there was three knockouts in there because it is intergender. And I said to Scott, I went, how many of these has there been? And he said, five. I went, Jordan Grace is winning it. He goes, what? I went, Jordan Grace has won it. I went, there's never been a knockouts winner. And it's intergender. It's going to be Jordan Grace. And then it got down to Jordan Grace and Billy and we were just like, please be Jordan Grace. <laughs> But um, an interesting, interesting strategy. Not only filling that card months in advance, but also getting people talking about Hard to Kill before they even did the big TNA reveal. Smart or impacts part? I thought long term storytelling. <gasps> Shock. Dupree. <laughs> Who would have thought that? <laughs> I don't know. Who would have thunk it? But. Jordan Grace going up against the Knockouts champion. Do you think it will be uh, Trinity by the time we get to get to Las Vegas, or do you think someone else is going to take the title in that time? I think Trinity should keep it. I think like you put Jordan and Trinity together, that's that's a marquee. So I'd stay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Trinity is the. She has the marquee signing at the minute. You know, you can say what you want about in-ring wise, but she's she's a big star. She's, you know, that WWE shine. Um, oh, it ain't, we, going, we do, ain't going away. Yeah, we, we live in a bubble where sometimes we think, why would people want to see this person instead of that person? It's like, well, that person was part of a massive conglomerate machine. <laughs> Is my, like I, I looked this up the other day because I was using an example. When I was talking to Scott, Dana Brooke has 650,000 uh, Twitter followers. Kenny Omega, who has actually done stuff outside of wrestling and does have quite a following in the gaming community, has just over half a million. So, you know, the the, the bottom of the card in WWE, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not saying that she's a better wrestler than Kenny Omega because... Obviously, she's fucking not. Kenny Omega is sensational. But just that WWE machine, the person who held the joke title for six months is more well-known in the pop culture reference than the guy who has been tearing wrestling up for the last 10 years. It's pretty wild, really, isn't it, that, when you yeah. kind of think about it. it's uh, Maybe yeah, it'll be wow. Dana Brooke who's the knockouts champion. <laughs> Maybe it will. You never, you never know. I mean, yeah. What if if 
TNA want to make a huge, huge statement, <laughs> why aren't they going for Mercedes Monet? That would be actually quite a huge signing. I, you, you've you've piqued my interest, sir. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. It's uh, <laughs> only like five pounds per month. Oh well, never mind. Moving I mean, just send me five quid on PayPal. That's that's how it works. <laughs> I won't send you anything back. Just give me five quid. I'll just send you tech notes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it, mate. But some of the other uh, surprise entrants in the Call Your Shot Battle Royal, Sunny Kiss, yes. uh, which I thought was quite a good surprise there. Great thing. He could be someone that could find a home in Impact. Impact is sort of the give us your broken down toys, give us your <laughs> give us your people that need a home, that, and we will find something for them. That is actually how uh, Tommy Dreamer does describe them quite a lot. You know that the TNA Impact is the home of the broken toys, uh, the broken dolls, and and then they get put back together again and shine. So yeah, that's that, that's perfect. And uh, you know, Sonny going there, great. I, I loved what Sonny did in uh, in AEW. Always good to see. Real character will do well in TNA. Perfect for TNA. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hoovertoon Guerrero was there. He looked horrendous. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the former Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, making Hello. his return to Impact Wrestling. He's been he's been doing the indie god uh, stuff. He's been GCW. He's been in Australia. He's been doing the belt collector gimmick. And apparently Impact put an offer to Zack Ryder. Um, Impact put an offer to him about bringing him back. I think Zack Ryder is more happy being an indie person. He has talked about how he's willing to go back to Impact and do stuff, but he doesn't want to be there full time. I think Impact want him there full time. They're both willing to work with each other, but it looks like he's not going to be signing a deal or finding a permanent home anytime soon. Oh, he's waiting for that sweet, sweet WWE contract that I'm sure Chelsea Green is chatting to the higher ups about already. I'm sure she's sending, you know, all uh, all of his videos over to Triple H on a daily basis. You know. No, absolutely. And you know what? He absolutely deserves it because yeah. people talk about, someone put this up on Twitter, WWE tell their release talents, do a Drew McIntyre because they want them to come back. They mm. won't tell them, go do a Matt Cardona because there's a life beyond WWE and that's actually quite true. Um, I would love to see him back in Impact. He's one of the reasons I was watching Impact more regularly. I was a massive fan of the Zack Ryder stuff. Um, so ahead of his time with the social media stuff, but unfortunately never worked out in WWE long term. He is proving everyone wrong right now. He is living his best life. You know, best of luck to him. But let's talk about the world title match. Josh Alexander versus um, Alex Shelley. I had a fear going into this match that they were going to turn Alex Shelley full on heel Full bastard, just because Josh Alexander, he's kind of becoming the John Cena of um, Impact yeah. Wrestling. He certainly is the face. I know he's really good friends with Scott Demore. And no, it wasn't that way at all. Alex Shelley had a bit of edge about him uh, heading into these matches. But the match ended with Alex Shelley pinning Josh Alexander clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. Yeah, which was was great to see in in many ways. I I I, I enjoyed that. It. it was a really good match as well. 
No, absolutely. Um, a, a great 20-minute back and forward. And yet another match announced for Hard to Kill heading into this. Uh, Moose was backstage with... Uh, oh, Christ, I can't remember the interviewer's name. Not Renee Young uh, was interviewing Moose. And, um, <laughs> she, she asked Moose, why have you requested this time after that brutal monster's ball? And he said, I am not a loser. I did not lose tonight. I am not a loser. And he pulled up his Feaster Fire briefcase that he won at Impact 1000. He has a guaranteed world title match and he has said, whoever is the world champion at Hard to Kill will face me in the main event. So Moose, back in the main event, he's another one. And this mm. is a sort of the, the problem. And, you know, it, it should be a problem, by the way. It's because WWE has, has got to the point where it does need two world titles. It, it is just too big a company but in companies like impact where you don't need two world titles it sometimes feels that when people aren't in the main event picture they fall and they fall hard but moose yeah. has been doing the stuff with uh, brian myers that's ran its course um but i'm hoping that he getting he's going to get a big push in the lead up to hard to kill if he's going to be back in the world title scene because i thought he was a sensational world champion he was a complete and utter Asshole as a world champion. The fact that he speared a man and pinned him in front of his three-year-old child and ripped the world title out of said t- child's hand w- was the greatest heel move. It, it, Christian's dead dad stuff is getting amazing <laughs> plaudits right now, and as it should. However, nothing he can say or do will, will compare to the look on a child's face when Moose ripped a world title out of his hands. It was sensational. And I am so looking forward to seeing Moose back in the main event. Yeah, and of course, another name synonymous with TNA. So, you know, it, it, it's perfect for, again, those lapsed fans. Maybe they've just kind of disappeared or like not watched it for a while. Go, oh, Moose, man. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Gia, uh, Gia Miller was the one you're thinking of. Gia Miller, thank you. Yes, Gia Miller. Um, she's commentary on the pre-shows, actually. I forgot all about that. Um, let's talk about someone who wasn't there. Someone who, I say we all thought, I thought was there. I hoped, I prayed was there. I bought Pepsi and muffins and everything. Oh. Uh, CM Punk was not at Bound for Glory. He was actually at a Chicago Blackhawks game. Um, down the road, so he wasn't anywhere near the arena. However, he was backstage at the the post Bound for Glory TV tapings. We we spoke about the other week that Ace Steel has been given a job as a producer in Impact. Do you think there's anything about this? Do you think do you think anything will come of this, John, or do you think it, it was just backstage with a friend? Uh, in short, no, he was just backstage with him, mate. Uh, I I heard he had an offer. I heard he turned it down. Um, whereas he would be a real draw for, for, for Impact, TNA rather. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ken, you just get used to saying the, the words, don't you? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll go there. Uh, I think, you know, no disrespect, he'll just think it said little below him. Um, and... He won't want that, I, you know. I think that this this is the thing with Punk. It's all all down to like what he really wants now. Yes. And uh, does he want to continue wrestling? Well, if so, yeah, then he's probably going to have to pick up a, a you know a, a contract with TNA. 
because I don't think WWE will touch him. Yeah, uh, prove me prove me wrong by the end of Survivor Series, but you know, I don't think he'll go there. I really don't. I don't think the the company want him. I don't think it's going to work in any way. The talent, uh, anything, it doesn't work. With Impact, there's something there, but it's a six-month deal at best. I don't think he'll stand around too long because uh, I don't know how much he's, he's got left in him, whether the passions there and other projects that he's got on the go would be better for him. So, you know, I, don't, I think he was just visiting mates. It, it is a weird one with Impact because they tend to do... Um, they'll do shows like the Fallout of Bound for Glory and they'll do three weeks TV. Mm. And then they'll maybe do uh, a taping where they do four weeks of TV that leads up to the next live event. And they do monthly to six weeks, like uh, sort of takeovers. You know, they've got four pay-per-views a year and then they've got a monthly special. Um, I think it would be a lot easier on the body for him, the fact that he would wrestle three days out of the month and then, you know, if he's maybe a bit beaten up, you know, after the the Bound for Glory, say it was Bound for Glory that he came in for. Well, there's four weeks until the you know the next special. There's turning point, and then there's one after that. So it's like he gets time to recover. I think it would be a lot easier on him. I'm just hoping and praying. And it's a bit ironic that Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor because I think had all this happened and Tony Khan had bought Impact Wrestling, mm. no one would bat an eye. I think it would have been a case of well, he's going to Ring of Honor. Ring of yeah. Honor at the time, ironically, had this happened a year before, uh, I think Ring of Honor would have really needed them. He could have went in there and and done something with them. But yeah, I think I, I think it's unlikely. But I will hope and I will pray. Um, something that isn't unlikely is WWE coming back to Europe for a pay per view. WWE Bash in Berlin. August 31st, 2024, from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, the home of the German national team and Hertha Berlin, is going to host a premium live event. It looks like SummerSlam is getting moved again to the start of August, end of July. WWE, yet again, going to these big stadium shows, going outside the US, something they didn't do for a while, something they really didn't need to do for a while. But, this sort of came out of nowhere. This was one that, again, I don't think a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, a real surprise announcement this morning. And again, this is something that evaded all the, the, the dirt sheets, if you will. And, yeah, obviously the speculation is there that they're going to you know, do another international pay-per-view. They're going to do something in Europe. Uh, I don't know when it is. That's fine. I mean, I can say that it's going to be Thursday tomorrow. You know, it's obviously Wednesday it's recording this. But, it did come out of nowhere, and and that's that's a cool thing. Um, I I think now that they're not scared of doing big big shows all over the place when it's right. So like obviously the, you know they've got the Australia show coming up next year. Um, they're doing they've got the long term Saudi deal obviously, and that's in in a couple of weeks. They've done two now. Obviously, in, in the UK, so obviously they've had Wales, they've, they've come to, to London for money in the bank. And I th it, it really does remind me, and I, I just thought about this before, now when Endeavour's involved, it, it kind of makes even more sense. UFC aren't, will hold events, big events, 
all over the world. And it's kind of reminding me of that model where they don't have to be glued to one particular territory. So like they don't have Mm. to be in the continental US and, and, and Canada and, you know, they don't have to do that now. They can venture to Puerto Rico. They can go to to Germany and th- where they do have a huge fan base. Uh, they're there this week. I mean, what a, what a, what a week to announce it. They're there on the 30th. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's huge. Yeah. They can go to England because obviously we have this rabid fan base here. You know, they can come to, they could go to Hamden. They could do whatever. They could go to Scotland. They could go to France. They could do these huge events. And it's not a problem. I don't think they're going to take a WrestleMania away yet. I think that's, you know, that that's one that I think is going to be the very last that they're going to announce. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, you see that, syn- that synergy with UFC. It doesn't matter now. They're a worldwide company. So why the hell not stick a giant pay-per-view somewhere? It, it doesn't matter. Do it. You know, it, no. it's cool. And I'm just thinking uh, next year, just from confirmed stuff, Royal Rumble is going to be in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elimination Chamber is going to be in a stadium. SummerSlam, you would imagine. WrestleMania. Um, Bash in Berlin. You imagine there'll be a Saudi show. That's six yeah. pay-per-views that are going to be in massive stadiums. WWE are making hand, money hand over fist here. And, and uh, you, you know that the releases will come out as well after saying, like, you know, this was the most successful da, 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 uh, of all time because they, they are racking the numbers up. Mm-hmm. No, and that's absolutely... This is the most successful WWE pay-per-view of all time. P.S. We've released Reggie. Um, <laughs> oh, Reginald! Uh, Sorry. But yeah, uh, it's amazing to hear. And according mm. to Sean Ross Sapp, um, WWE Backlash is coming to Paris, France, yeah. uh, apparently in the spring of 2024. No news there if it's going to be a arena show or if it's going to be in the Parc de France. Um, I think that would be sensational. By the way, yeah, they've been that, crying. That they've been good. crying out for a while for a, for a, um, a PLA yeah. uh, for a little while now, and I think they did kind of make. Uh, a little bit of noise on the recent tour when they were over there. Yeah, there was uh, another one of those videos that came out, like Cena when he came to London for Money in the Bank and did that. There was another one that was, oh, yeah, maybe we could do something really big in France. And, you know, now we've heard the reports of how much, you know, the city paid for the Royal Rumble. It seems that these deals are going on. And obviously that's their issue with, like, a London because London just don't have to because they're the tourist trap of Europe. So they don't have to pay it. And, you know, if, if Paris has gone in and they've done a deal with the city, you know, they've, they've done a deal with whoever and they've, they've got the money coming in, well, these events are just going to go to those cities, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's the same with uh, Berlin, no doubt. I'm sure that there's going to be something coming out very soon saying, you know, the, the, the government there or, you know, the, the local council, I don't know how they, you know, the, the situation works in Germany. That the the city of Berlin have paid X million euros for the privilege of WWE coming to town. Yeah, and it's wild, isn't it? It's almost like a the way UEFA do it with like the Champions League and what have you. Yeah, you pay UEFA so much, and then some of the officials might. No, no, obviously, that's a joke. (laughs) But no, people do pay for the privilege of having there. You know, there is a. 
they pay and then they make their money back, but they also give a cut to UEFA. Mm. It's, it is smart business. And, mm. you know, I think we all wondered for a while why WWE didn't do Wembley. It's clear that AW have paid for Wembley to run it. Yeah, it's all part of that Jacks deal, though, isn't it? It's all part of that NFL deal. Yeah. Whereas WWE are getting paid to go to Cardiff, to, pay, to go yeah. to. Puerto Rico to go to more than likely Germany. Mm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how because this was something that um, a lot of wrestling fans spoke about post all out, which was sorry post all in. Um, the the all in pay per view in London was sensational. It was great to be there, mm. but it felt like a once in a lifetime thing where you had to be there. They then yeah. announced equal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the complaints you and I spoke about this on here was that it, a lot of the card felt a bit rushed. And, you know, it felt like they really shouldn't have been doing other pay per views before it. They should have been building and having massive qualifier matches and number one contenders matches to see who gets on the the Wembley card. This year they're going to need something big. Yeah, and we saw the Edge is not the draw that CM Punk is. You know, mm-hmm. we've just seen that it's objectifiable from it's an objectifiable fact for the fact that you see the the pictures coming out of collision tapings where there's three thousand people in a ten thousand seat arena. And you see the T V numbers as well. Yes, exactly. And now with AEW all in taking place in London on the twenty fifth, WWE is going to be in Germany and the on the thirty first. You can get to Germany from basically any airport. Berlin's yeah. a massive international airport. It'll be interesting to see if WWE fans who went to Wembley for this once-in-a-lifetime experience will go to AEW's All In. Mm. You know, because it is, you know, it's, it's cheap flight, Glasgow to London. I'm still going. My wife has selfishly booked a loving family holiday for us. How dare she? On the 28th of August, so I will not be in Germany on the 31st, which I just think is really selfish of her. But anyway. Rude, rude, mate. Rude. (laughs) But I will be going to All In because, you know, we've made arrangements and it's a lot cheaper to go there. So it'll be interesting to see people who don't have the dilemma I do when they have the option, am I going to do All In or am I going to do Berlin? Mm. It'll be to see because a lot of WWE fans were there because WWE wasn't, you know, AEW was there, and that's the reason they went to see them. Our, and, our group has popped up today, our our uh, all in group, and yeah, these are the people that I've been to, you know, a bunch of yeah, the, the pay per views recently. We went to Clash at the Castle together, we went to Money in the Bank together, me and one of the other guys in the group, we went to WrestleMania. We're just like, so we go to Berlin then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I tagged it afterwards, or maybe France, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to do AEW next year, and yeah. uh, I think that that's the thing, you know, like Tony's got this this kind of like little thing about booking the same venues and doing the same cities or uh, quite a lot. And I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's a good strategy. You know, you need to kind of like take things away to make people want it a bit more. You know, it's like, I, I don't think it, it'll work. And maybe, you know, 
I don't know what, what next year is going to be like. I mean, obviously, we're still coming out of a fairly big cost of living crisis. Things are expensive. Inflation's not coming down, that kind of stuff. Sorry to get political on a wrestling podcast, but you know, things like that aren't changing right now. So you've got to think about the amount of money that's going to be in your average fan's pocket. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm booking to go to this. Like you say, you've already got trips arranged. Oh, this thing in Berlin, but I'm such a big fan. I want to go with that as well. And instantly yeah. that's like the cost you've just had to go to one event. You just doubled it. Yeah. Tripled it. So, yeah, you do wonder. And obviously with them so close together. Yeah. Interesting. Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, Survivor Series because Survivor Series is the weekend after Thanksgiving uh, mm. in Chicago, November 25th. I'm going to be in New York the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, very nice. I know, I know, I know. I will I'm going to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we are, we're going to be in New York and you mentioned the cost of living and how people are going to get there. Mm. I look at flights and trains and buses, you know, any other normal day, from New York to Chicago, and they were quite reasonably priced. But see, because yeah. it's the weekend after Thanksgiving and everyone's trying to get home, you know, America being such a massive place, a lot of people flying home from colleges to their yeah their parents and what have you. The prices of flights, oh my god, it was a complete. Maybe we'll do this wee day trip. Oh no, I absolutely will not. Um, you know, just straight <laughs> off. Nope, not looking there again. Um, but Survivor Series, as of October fifteenth, has over fifteen thousand seats sold. Two thousand seven hundred additional t- tickets are being put on sale. Rumours of Raw versus SmackDown War Games esque uh, War Games match. Sorry. Um, but according to Dave Meltzer, it's not going to happen. It's, wow. Just read what the man himself said. On last night's show, based on an angle, we talked about the possibility of Raw versus SmackDown War Games. We are told that right now the War Games match is not planned as a Raw versus SmackDown match. Recently, obviously, we've not spoke about this because we've not been here. Um... Nick Aldis has been announced as the GM for SmackDown. Yeah. Adam Pearce is now the full-time uh, GM of Raw, um, as opposed to just official Adam Pearce. I, I, I wonder why they didn't do this with Sonya and Adam. You know what I mean? Like, they could have done this ages ago. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we thought it was going to be Raw versus SmackDown again. It looks like it's not going to be... I was actually quite looking forward to it because, see, when you have two GMs and you have clear rosters, and this is why I don't think there should be, I think there should be a roster, sorry, a draft of like five people and you do it and you do it after WrestleMania. See, like sort of the draft lottery they did where they did four weeks, you get one pick the first four weeks and then the last week you get two picks. I would like that because it would... It would make Kevin Owens going to one show feel feel special. Kevin Owens being back on SmackDown doesn't feel special because they jump across too often. Jey Uso going to Raw, yeah, he got a big pop, but he's been on Raw constantly. Like he, he was the tag champion for like yeah. eight hundred days. You know, he could go on any show he wanted. I just 
I think these things feel bigger. Like when, do you remember? And they couldn't get away with this now, but Cena and Batista going up against Finlay and Booker T at Armageddon. Yeah, felt like a big deal. This tag match felt like a massive deal, simply because it was John Cena from Raw showing up in, on a SmackDown pay per view. Mm. It was it was a big draw. It was a big thing. It doesn't feel special anymore. Uh, and I was hoping the the GMs and maybe changes to the draft and what have you could make it feel special. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be something else. What do you think it's going to be? What, it, what seems like, it seems like seeds have been planted for something like that, doesn't it? I mean, I, I just typed out a match on my phone, but I don't know how it's going to work or how it had happened. But um, it just seems that it might go this or at least along these lines, you've got Cody, Jay, Sammy, and I'd throw Kevin Owens or another into this versus Finn, Priest, Solo, and Jimmy, and maybe Dom. Roman is booked for Survivor Series. Um, yeah, Roman's there, isn't he? So maybe you've got like, yeah, you could put, um, instead of Dom, you could put Roman in that. Maybe. And, I- yeah, I don't know who you'd have on that that sort of Raw-esque team, though. But, like, obviously, KO going to SmackDown has kind of ruined that. Yeah, I think... I don't think it's going to be Raw-Smackdown if we're going to do that. I think... Or LA conversations between the Judgment Day and the Bloodline, I think you do... You do... Yeah, Roman, J, Solo... Maybe you go six-on-six. Balor, Dom, and Priest going up against Cody, Jay, sorry, I said Jay beforehand, Jimmy, I mean, Cody, Jay, Sammy, Owens, LA Knight and Cena. Yeah. Yeah, Cena, if he's still around, yeah. I think that could be the match. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a weird one. Um, It's odd, isn't it? I mean, like, I'd I'd love to see, like, a War Games, you know, there, but I think, like, War Games, you've got to, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be right. You've got to have those two sets of people that really want to do this, and it's a big thing. I, I'm I'm hoping that they're going to throw in traditional Survivor Series matches in there. I'd love to see those back. Yeah, I, I like those. I, I think... I, I don't think... And this is why I think... I know Money in the Bank has got to a stage where it's a massive show on its own. But it's why I think the money in the bank should return to WrestleMania. Mm. I, I don't think... See, when you do the men's and the women's, I think yeah. sometimes it loses a bit of sparkle. I think the Royal Rumble is an exception to the rule because you want more Rumble. And we've seen in recent years when the men's hasn't been great, the women's has made up for it. Yeah. But, you know, you could easily do night one, women's money in the bank, night two, men's, or vice versa. Yeah. I really... I felt recently that the women's war games haven't really been necessary. To be honest with you, they yeah, they've just been kind of not yeah, you know, they've not all been fantastic. I mean, I think they've just been there to get talent over. Yeah, and I really don't think there is a women's story in WWE at the moment. No, not strong enough. That garners, you know, or uh, garners enough interest to warrant a war games. So I would more than happily see a team damage control 
going yeah. up against, I don't know, you know, Charlotte, Asuka, Charlotte, Asuka Bianca Belair yeah. on one side, you know, you can fill, fill your boots there with, you even go three on three and do what they did at um, Survivor Series 2002 tables mm. match. Yeah. Do something different. Yeah, but it'd be good yeah. to see that. Absolutely. But for me, it's just. I really don't think there's a, a women's match that warrants it at the moment. Um, Not in the minute. And I think Rhea's too entangled with the bloodline. So she's pulling all the strings there. She, she's the like the key right now. She's like the top top star almost yeah, absolutely. absolutely so i think you'd, you'd keep her away from that she's done the war games thing she doesn't need to do it again we're, we're talking about um you know six on six potentially with the men's mm. maybe don't have priest there maybe priest's the world champion by the time we get to the survivor series maybe yeah uh i this i yeah this whole thing with priest is it's difficult for me because i i Still think that the the end game at the minute is is having Gunther win that title at WrestleMania, but and then you know obviously in the summer he gets to defend it in Germany, um, along with Imperium by his side, and that'll that'll be fantastic. But I yeah, think- I don't know whether Priest will be like a transitional champ. I think you uh, you do one of two things. I think Priest either he wins. <sighs> He wins at a Survivor Series, or he wins at Survivor Series time, and he holds it to just before WrestleMania, and then he loses it through some shenanigans. He blames Balor. You have Balor versus Priest. That's Balor your WrestleMania. Priest, yeah. JD McDonough gets involved, whatever. Yep. Or he holds it till because Money in the Bank won't be till at least June. Yep. What if he holds it? to the Paris pay-per-view mm-hmm. and you get a big international pop and a big title change there. Yeah, maybe. By, by maybe having a, a championship change there. And, you know, Money in the Bank, I think, always feels bigger when big talent are involved in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It would allow you to maybe have Priest get a bit of a gimme for a first world title match. Mm. And then... Eventually, hey, maybe Gunther can beat him for it. I wouldn't be against seeing Gunther versus Priest. No, not at all. I think that'd be good. That'd be uh, a good match. Let's touch a bit on Crown Jewel. That's taking place uh, next week, uh, November 4th, Riyadh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Hopefully there's more people there than uh, saw Steven Gerrard's team play recently. Well, they've, um, they've opened up more tickets, apparently. They're working around the clock, so says Michael Cole. Really? really? He said it on commentary, the exact same line on SmackDown and on Raw. Jesus. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because it, it, we've seen the thing with the Saudi football teams, you know, they brought oh, all these shocking. big players over. Yeah. But everyone's going to see Al Nassar because that's where Cristiano Ronaldo plays. Yeah. People don't fuck that. I, wait, 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 wait. You mean people aren't flocking to see Jordan Henderson? No, they are not. No, but uh. it was your team captain, and you didn't want to see him for Christ's sake. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Jordan. He, yeah, but like people from these nations who maybe don't have established football mm. leagues and are starting to bring in big stars, they don't follow teams the way like the British do. They they follow players, and you know, Ronaldo's at Al Nassar. They're going to watch Al Nassar. 
They're not yeah. going to watch Fashion Sakala. Um, yeah, exactly. Look at look at Messi at Inter Miami. You know, it's the same deal. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, we saw the, the the tickets there. Ticket touts were buying them and try to sell them for ten thousand dollars, and then he got injured, and the actual price of the tickets went down to like fifty quid. Mad, isn't it? Hilarious. But um, some of the matches that have been announced so far, uh, we can just we don't need to talk about all of them. Um, just anything you'd like to pick at or discuss, we can talk about there. Uh, uh, Seth versus Drew, I think, will be really good. Um, I don't think Drew will win. Um, I think I believe his contract situation is still up in the air, but um, yeah, I don't think he'll win. But there'll be some involvement with the Judgment Day. I we saw the 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 clip that WWE posted saying what could they be talking about, and it was mm-hmm. Drew discussing something with Rhea Ripley. I'm just wondering if it's a look. If you win, we won't cash in on you. But if you lose, take out Seth so Damien can cash in. I wonder yeah. if it's the sort of Ms. Bobby Lashley agreement. Well, um, they were just exchanging workout tips. Maybe, maybe. Have you ever been on Celtic Warrior workouts? I haven't. Have you? No, I have Mate, not. Yeah, right. have you? Oh, you've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on then. What's that back thing? Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, speaking of Rhea Ripley, she'll be defending her Women's World Championship in a fatal five-way against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Starks and Raquel Rodriguez. Um... This sounds. This has the potential to be really, really fun, or really, really clunky. Um, or both. Or both. Yeah, it can be fun and clunky. Um, clunky. <laughs> I don't see Rhea Ripley losing the title anytime nah, soon. Not a chance. No, and that's that's something I've I've discussed with David Campbell. Um, WWE have done such a good job of making certain people feel massive that you kind of just go, oh, well, they're not going to lose that title at B-Show. And it's something I think that's needed at B-Shows now, more title changes. I think, you know, how fun was it back in the day when, you know, a title could change hands anywhere? I think WWE have made megastars recently, but these megastars are so far above the rest of the mid-card because there's not a a certified mid-card I don't think anymore. I think it's just you've got megastars. Either all right and jobbers. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. That's your system. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you, you, you're right. That they're either right at the top, or the there, or jobbers. At the minute, yeah, the, the, there's no. There's no kind of working up to it because, like you said, even like you know he's the Intercontinental Champion, but Gunther's a megastar. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then who else is like on his level right now? So you've got to continue to build them up, which is why, like, yeah, you. It's why you know as well. Yeah, you know, we're going to get to Roman and LA Knight. I know that, but it's why that the result of that match is going to go that way because you can't sh- you can't just shoot them straight to the top and have them there because it's then that moment of what do we do now? So you've got to keep building them up. It's like I still think Chad Gable will probably take that Intercontinental title away from Gunther eventually. But you've got to knock him down before putting him back up. Yeah. Um, Gunther recently celebrated 500 days as Intercontinental Champion, so congrats to Gunther. Um, we talked about Megastar. Let's talk about the Megastar. It's the yeah. man who's it's, it's L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, undisputed WWE Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns. 
this feels like fan service. Like, look, we're putting them in the main event, but there is not a hope in hell that LA Knight is beating Roman Reigns. And it is too early. Too early. Too early. You know, like, I love LA Knight. You know, like, when I saw him years ago, but I, when he came to NXT after seeing him in uh, NWA, I saw a bit of the Impact run as well. And you're like, oh, this dude's fun. You know, and he, he's good. He can go. And, and this is this is great. Let him rip at the crowd and he's going to be great and let him connect. It's going to be fantastic. And that's exactly what's happened. And you could see that happening yeah. um, after the whole Max Dupree thing, uh, lest we forget. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's... You don't give him one title match and he wins it. That's not yeah. how it works. You know, he's he's not grafted enough to win that title yet. So, you know, and we know he's... he's He's not going to lose. He's not going to lose it clean. There's going to be shenanigans all over the gaff. But, oh, of course. There always you know, is. And, this, and that, that keeps him strong because he's not just got beat down by Roman Reigns. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, and I'm going to make a call here on the podcast, Roman will beat LA. He, he, will, he will just beat LA night. I do think, though, and I, I didn't think this out when I drafted um, <laughs> I think whatever the War Games match is, Cody pins Roman. And that makes yeah. it 1-1, and the trilogy is next year's WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania, yeah. I mean, Cody um, and Reigns at Mania is still, yeah, that's still the plan. It's got to be. And you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as well. Cody's not going to win the Rumble. Cody's no, not going to Rumble. Because it's going to be Gunther. Yeah, I think I think he will find another way into the title picture. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to win the Rumble. No, uh, no, no, not a chance. David Campbell gave me this idea the other day. I thought it was a good one. LA Knight to beat this man at WrestleMania for the United States title. Logan Paul, who's going up against the current champion, Rey Mysterio. Logan Paul... This is why WWE employ him. A great cross-branded superstar. Logan yeah. Paul, after his match, uh, his boxing match against whoever. I, I really don't care. <laughs> uh, I watched the, it and I can't remember. There was KSI and somebody related to Tyson Fury was there. I, I, I it was to, yeah, that was Tommy. That was the other one. Aye. The, the bird for Love Island that's married to him, she was there. <laughs> I, I, I didn't care. Anyway, Logan Paul, though, because a lot of people do care, um, was was interviewed after his fight with Dylan somebody. Anyway, Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis, there we are. After his fight with Dylan Dennis, we're professionals here, he called out Rey Mysterio. He said, I want some gold in the WWE. I want the United States title. Logan versus Rey Mysterio. I think... Logan Paul holding the US title could be the best thing to happen to that title since John Cena held it and brought back the Open Challenge. I think it would be sensational. Logan Paul showing up on red carpets with a WWE title over his arm. Logan Paul at cross-promotional events. And let's be honest, we, we're entering November. He probably will do Survivor Series because that's one of the big four. Over Christmas, not really needed to be there. He'll show up in the Rumble, probably show up in Perth, because that's a massive show as well. 
and then he'll show up at WrestleMania. So he will be on TV a lot with the title. Uh, more than Shinsuke Nakamura was when he won it the three times that he was champion. Um, but I think this could be sensational. Logan Paul is US champion. I, I can hear purists screaming down the phone at me saying, no, not this. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think he's going to win it. Um, I think he's going to win it, not just because I think it's the right move uh, at the minute, because like you said, he is that crossover star. He does do a lot of promotion with it, and he will be everywhere just being an obnoxious prick. And it is the right thing to do at the right time. I don't think Ray's reign means anything anyway. So take it away from him. That's cool. Um, and then Logan Paul, you just got a the succession of people who want to kick the living crap out of him. So, you know, starting more than likely with Ricochet. But yeah, bring it on. I'd I'd say let let's have that. Let's 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 do that. And I think, you know, you'll have Logan Paul who will be because you've seen it, obviously he was on SmackDown and on Raw. He'll be like, Oh, I've got this contract where I can go wherever I like, I can be on whatever show I want. You know, he can do that. And and I think that's actually quite sensible. Instead of tying him to a brand, he can have that title on both. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned Ricochet. I forgot all about him there because... Well, they had David, a confrontation this week, didn't they, well, on Raw? David Campbell's fantasy booking had... Um, had Logan Paul going up against LA Knight. I think that could be good, but I also think... Ricochet needs something to hang his hat on recently because he really, his IC title run was nothing to write home about. Mm. He was another victim of Gunther after winning the World Cup. He's he's really not there yet. You know, he, he is sensational in the ring. He can do things that no one else can do, but as a guy to carry the company or one of the guys to carry the company. I really don't think he's there. But a match with Logan Paul that gets really personal at WrestleMania for the yeah. US title. Logan Paul puts eyes on the product. Ricochet keeps him there with the moves he does. And you've got and, the the whole thing with Samantha Irvin as well. You know, she gets her revenge during that and, and announces Ricochet as the winner and then like kicks him in the balls or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Getting to announce her man as the new US champion over the guy that's harassing her. Yeah, exactly. But the, the LA Knight thing, I'm not mad at either. You know, that that's that's a good way. I thought those two were going to have a match this year, actually, but you know, it, it didn't um, didn't work out that way. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the last match on the card: Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest. We'll just quickly touch on this. Cody Rhodes. It's weird because he had a, a match with the Judgment Day that was a stopgap um, at Money in the Bank. He fought Dominic Mysterio. For Dom, it was just a win being in a pay-per-view that size with someone as over as Cody, and it led to good things for him. <clears throat> for Damian Priest, I think he needs the win here. I think it, it's needed for Damian to get the win, get a big singles win on his own. Um, because, listen, he has had a great year, but he wasn't on WrestleMania. He was beaten by Bad Bunny. He's been beaten by Edge. He's not really got many big singles wins, and I think you need to have some of them in the bank before he cashes in money in the bank. And 
Yeah, I don't think Cody loses anything because Damien injured him in the lead up to it as well. So it's like yeah. it's a win-win sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think he he does need the win, and it'd be great to see him get that win. Been a fan of Priest for a while. It'd be good to see him just get a statement win because beating Cody's a statement win. And that, yeah, no. you know, that sets him up as a bit more of a threat because, like, if you remember, uh, you know, remember on Raw this week um, when Rhea was talking with Seth, and he turned to her and said, "You've lost faith in your boy, haven't you?" <laughs> and th- this is this is another step back where where like you know he can now be presented as a real credible threat because he's just beat off Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? He's beat down that challenge. Pardon? <laughs> well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he didn't do that. But you know, what I mean, he, he beat down that challenge of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. Let's our last. Uh, sorry, well, our second last news story. Two new champions at Halloween Havoc Night One last night. Mm. Lyra Valkyria, Lyra Valkyria, Valkyria, Lyra. <laughs> <laughs> Big Larry. Won the NXT Women's Championship, defeating Becky Lynch in the main event. Um, a great moment for her. She's sort of, she's someone who came into NXT right before the pandemic, um, was kind of stuck, not doing anything while NXT UK was shut down. She's one of the few that WWE looked at and said, yeah, we like you, and brought her over to the uh, the proper NXT before shutting down NXT UK. She's now the NXT Women's Champion. Well done to her. Did you watch the match? What did you think of it? Yeah, watched it earlier. Uh, decent match. Um, apparently, Becky was a bit banged up going into it, so I've, I've read. Um, so maybe that's kind of accelerated her, uh, her title change. I think really nice bit at the end, but also a nice bit of foreshadowing. Jay Cargo was there on that throne looking like an absolute queen, you know, looking like the absolute boss in this whole situation. And there was that look. Becky looked up at her. And, you know, whereas I think he might head towards Becky and Rhea, but Becky and Jade, that that's a statement match. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Lara was, was very good in this. I think she's going to be a very good champion there. There's some good women's talent in NXT at the minute. So, yeah, I think it's going to be great to uh, to see her, uh, her proper reign. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Chase you, Andre Chase, <laughs> Andre Chase and Duke Hudson getting the win over the family, winning the NXT Tag Team Championships. A nice moment for them as well because they are someday, and this is something I, I think I'm going to write an article on the site about it because it's something I've thought about for a while. Has there ever been a change in wrestling? that was so universally despised and rejected <laughs> and just pulled on before it even got going than NXT 2.0. Yeah, it was a, 2.0, a <laughs> No one wanted it. No one wanted it. And yet you hear Regal talk about, we did NXT in Portland right before the pandemic. We knew we couldn't top it. It was done. New things needed to happen. And yet you look at NXT 2.0 now and the stars that it's producing, Braun Breaker, Carmelo, Ilya Dragunov, uh, Trick Williams is starting yeah. to to trail uh, blaze his own path, uh, Tiffany Stratton, The Family, Chase Yu, Dominic Mysterio having yeah. a moving round for himself, uh, Grayson Waller, so many more. 
And it just, it's it's something that was needed. It's like the vegetables of wrestling. You didn't want it, but you needed it, okay? And do you feel better now? Yes, you do feel better because yeah. it's a bit of goodness for you. Yeah, they had to make that little change, that adjustment. And okay, some of it didn't come off well at the start, but now you see these guys who developed into such great characters and and uh, and they were all obviously very, very good talents anyway. And yeah. now they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, and, and that was, again, that was a, a decent match, you know. And, you know, you, you talk about the whole of Chase U. Thea Hale, I think, is breaking out and looking really good. JC Jane, Gigi Dolan still looking really cool. Because you think that 2.0 period, Toxic Attraction, they were like one of the best things in WWE at that time. Absolutely. Um, Roxanne Perez as well getting a win on the night. She's another one that's broken out. I think she's absolutely sensational. I hope they do not keep her there too long because of her Big props as well. Big props for doing a side Russian leg sweep onto a child slide. (laughs) Um, But... An interesting match uh, coming up next week. Now Chase U have won the tag titles. The two ladies of Chase U, JC Jane and Thea Hale, are going up against Chelsea Green and uh, Piper Niven. Yeah, P. Niven. The WWE Women's Championships. I think, I always think they should spend more time on NXT. See, like the Cruiserweight title did. Yeah. I think, you know... It's just, there's more there, I think. There's more, it doesn't feel like, who the hell are these people? You know, you've got the production line of people coming through. You've got level up. I think it doesn't feel as forced when you throw a team together there. Yeah, and even depth. Yeah, and even, like, see if NXT went back to doing, like, the weekend of, like, pay-per-views, kind of like TakeOver, I wouldn't be against the women's title not being on the big fours, mm. the women's tag titles, but being on the takeover the night before because it would still get a spotlight. Or even if it's like, right, by the way, three times a year we're going to do a pay-per-view and a week later there's a takeover. Yeah. So your titles won't be on the pay-per-view, but you'll be on the takeover the next week. That's fine. I think there should be more, if it's going to be a cross-branded thing, and I know I moaned about brand splits earlier, but if you're going to have a cross-branded title, then do it cross-branded. And it's have all connected. Is it, uh, yeah. you know, the, those tasks, they're all connected, unlike you know, on, on, on the AEW side where it's Ring of Honor and, and this and that and the other. They're connected. It's the same ecosystem. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think if you're going to put the titles on Cheshire's women's side, it also gets Cheshire's men's side over because... Yeah. If they're going to have to appear on three rosters, three rosters, easy for me to say, <laughs> then you're going to have the Chase U guys coming along with them. They're going to yeah. get some of that sparkle. They might end up wrestling some matches. And then eventually, probably after WrestleMania, when you bring Chase U up to the main roster, it's like, oh, yeah, we already know them. They're quite good. I like them. Mm. And, yeah, you know, it's easy done. A little exposure. Let's, um, let's wrap it up by talking about an absolute icon the icon well, before we get there can i just ask you one question as well you talk about nxt before we mentioned the icon did you see lexus king's debut i did not know i've not seen that part yet so it was for me great as a character he came out and he was actually pretty good in the ring the end just the the, the finish sequence just looked real uncomfortable i don't know anybody watching that may it, it may have just been one of those where it wasn't really sure what was happening 
But mm-hmm. it happened, and it just looked a little bit, just a bit off. So I think like he's possibly still getting used to what's going on in 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 uh, in WWE universe and the way they work. But he was presented really well. Came out on this sliding throne. Um, it looked real good. When you see it, you, you'll know what I mean. But w- you know, watch the end of it, and I'm sure you know. You listen to this now, you may agree with me that end was a bit clunky. <laughs> well, actually, next week on Halloween Havoc, we do have on Halloween night as well. Uh, Kalani Jordan going up against Lola Vice in the NXT mm. Women's Breakout Tournament Final. Mr. Stone going up against Braun Breaker. Oh, I cannot wait to see that. Um, a tables, ladders and scares match. The Creed Brothers versus Garza and Carrillo. Dirty Dom going up against Nathan Fraser, uh, defending his NXT North American Championship. The aforementioned Women's Tag Team Championship match. Tiffany Stratton going up against Fallon Henley and Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes, part three. That is going to be sensational. Anyway, yeah. The icon, Sting. Sting! Sting! <laughs> I did one, you did one. Far better. <laughs> Steve is retiring um, at, is it Revolution? Yeah, it's next year, isn't it? He said his, his first match with AEW was uh, at that pay-per-view, so he's going out three years later at the same one. And Sting is going to retire at Revolution. There's going to be, a, I think he'll have a wee retirement tour, a few matches that he never quite got to have. It'd be interesting to see if he's going to be in the ring with Edge. Edge yeah. said you know, he liked being in the ring with him. It'd be interesting to see if he goes out with a singles match. Does he go out against Darby Allen? Have they waited too long for that, or is that the the natural conclusion to maybe I don't know, I, I, not dead weight because Sting's not dead weight. Sting is Sting, Sting for God's sake. But is that the thing that if Darby Allen beats him, it pushes him into the stratosphere? Does Darby Allen turn heel and go full on, you know, to AEW's number one heel? What happens there, you know? What happens when Sting retires? And we're recording this on Wednesday. You you suggested this segment. <laughs> Tony Khan has a gift for Sting. <laughs> Jesus what's, Christ. What's he going to get for him? <laughs> we, we didn't... Um, so obviously we took a week off to give, you know, uh, the East Meets West guys released a show and we obviously had the feature show Profiling Bray Wyatt. We didn't do the the NXT um, AEW head to head. We did live tweet it if you want to hear our thoughts over on at Suplex Retweet on Twitter. But oh my god, he has been having a meltdown ever since then. He he has not been in a good place. He's been throwing shots at WWE left, right, and centre, calling. I, and ironically, I, I thought it was childish, I thought it was stupid, but then someone pointed out, unhinged Tony Khan always ends up producing really good TV, so I'm hoping that him just being raging at someone, I hope he stubs his toe every time before he writes an episode of Dynamite, just that frustration in the back of his head leads to some really good storylines. What do you think Sting's gift is? What do you think Tony oh, I I literally have no idea. Maybe a, a nice new 
trench coat, a um, <laughs> dynamite crusted baseball bat. Um, it's winter. You have to wrap up Sting. You're, you're old. old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're old, mate. You just got to you know, sort yourself out. I mean, again, this is like, I'm looking at the, the, the graphic for it. Um, yeah, live in Philly tonight. And it's on the left-hand side of it, just next to Hook and RVD. Uh, Tony Khan has a gift for Sting, which is just, yeah. Oh my word! Um, maybe it's a nice new makeup palette. Um, oh, some hair dye. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm going with the new baseball bat, which has like the AEW logo on it or something. I cannot wait for when Sting retires. <laughs> Well, he did say during that, that presser, and I, I, I know I've banged on about this a few times, but he did say during that he wanted to book Sting's retirement. He is getting his wish, so he can't F this up. I cannot wait when he retires in February and the next day signs a Legends deal with WWE. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? And is it WrestleMania access in Philly? I honestly, I think that would be the funniest fucking the man, thing ever. The man's just, head would actually remove itself from his shoulders. Just at the next Saudi show, just like, Sting, I know you had to retire three years after your debut, but the Saudi prince wants you to fight a fat guy because we can't get Yokozuna. Here's a billion dollars. Can you imagine if, if he heard that, like, Tony Khan's head would... Like literally explode. You'd, oh. you'd, it'd be like the film Scanners. Yes. It would just be like boom, and his <laughs> head would just pop at that point. And oh, he he would at, he would be on a rage tweet, and I'd be scared. Oh. <laughs> I think he'd show up. Remember the story about how Harley Race showed up with a gun <laughs> to threaten Hulk Hogan. <laughs> He'll, he'll do the D, he'll do a DX thing where he'll try and like you know just take a tank down to wherever Raw is or something like that. Yeah. The, um, would you call it the um, the Danny DeVito one? Anyway, so I start yeah. blasting. <laughs> Can you mind seriously? Just like, oh. uh, but I, I, seriously, I, I do think he'll get him a nice new baseball bat. I bet you something really heartfelt and really nice, and we've okay. just. Here having a, a proper pop at Tony Khan. It's something oh. really Robocop. God. Robocop, yeah. He'll bring Robocop in a cage. He'll lock him in a cage and Robocop will save him. Yes, brilliant. Robocop it is. That's what we're going with. Anyway, what are you going with? What do you think? Steam's big present will be let us know at Suplex Retreat <laughs> not this, this week big question it's we a don't recording have... of Tony Schiavone just going it's <laughs> we don't have a big question this week I'm going to have to make one up on the spot it's not about Sting's gift I tell you what the comeback of TNA who would you like to see come back to TNA who would you like to see back from the classic era of, um, of TNA wrestling hard to kill January 13th hey all the guys that have recently been released from WWE they'll be eligible as of January uh, as of the end of December January 13th January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom some of them could be showing up oh who there you go you... top dollars turning up oh there we go um, who would you like to see 
coming back to uh, to TNA Wrestling as TNA Wrestling comes back on January 13th. Who would you like to see come back to TNA? That's our big question. Let us know at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Listen to the massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews and all the news. Eat, sleep, Suplex Retweet on iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Thank you very much, John, for joining me. And in the spirit of WWE announcing that show in Germany, Danke. Danke, Sean. And we will say, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a pee. Bye bye. <laughs> Hello, I am the GOAT David Campbell and I am pleased, very pleased to announce, in fact, that our next career profile show, our next feature show, will be on Hot Rod, Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. It'll be coming to wherever you get your podcasts on October 29th. We're going to talk about the first WrestleMania, his importance to that. We're going to talk about his legendary match with Bret Hart. We'll even talk about his WCW run. We'll cover it all, folks, and you can check it out here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.